one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to discussing politics or religion or any other divisive topic is people who engage in tactics such as red herrings, ad hominems, and straw man. Straw man being one of the most popular uh, tactics, let's call it tactics, that are used. Honestly, that are used on both sides of the political aisle, all sides of the political aisle. I think it's natural for people um, that are not very well versed in a particular subject or a person who is not um, well versed on the opinion of the other individual that they disagree with and they're unable to express themselves appropriately when it comes to engaging in dialogue. It, it's not the problem. I hear a lot of people talk about missing the old days. Politics was not talked about very often. There used to be an old saying when I was growing up, and it was, you don't talk about money. It's, you know, how much money do you make? And you don't talk about religion. And you don't talk about politics. And you have a lot of people now that it's that decorum, so to speak, is, I want to say, sort of out of the window. I prefer it to be this way. I think it's important, whoever's in office, for people to hold whoever's in office in, in, you know, whatever form of government, federal or state or local, to hold your politicians accountable and to not become apathetic and complacent. It's, it is important. Politics affects us on every single basis from our day-to-day -day lives, from local all the way up to the federal level. It affects our every, our, our, our day, day in and day out. It affects everything. Yet, for so many years in the United States, it was, that's not what you did. You didn't talk about politics. You didn't engage because it's impolite. I'm glad that de that decorum, that, that, uh, bullshit ideology has kind of fallen by the wayside. And I'm glad that people are engaging other people, crossing the aisle, having more conversations, thinking about their place in the world, thinking about their political stance. What world do they want to live in? What world do they want their children to live in? I'm glad people don't become a cog in the wheel of this capitalist system and just become a, a mindless drone making money for a corporation that doesn't care, a job that doesn't care about you, that if you died, they would replace you in a second, making money to buy things that 
good half, maybe even more, you don't really need to impress people that don't like you. I'm glad that people are engaging with other people and having conversations, complex conversations, taboo conversations, because ultimately that's how, that's how you grow. That's how people as a society, we grow. You, you can look at the United, you, the American people as, as a microcosm of, you know, a, a, of people on the world stage. And when you, when you don't have, when you become apathetic and you don't really have a desire to offend, then all of a sudden you, you have people who are in office who are in a representative democracy that is using, putting policies into place in your name. And I think that's problematic. Politics is very important. It's the air that we breathe. It's the water that we drink. Go to Flint, Michigan and ask them how politics, how much that matters. Who's in office? Who's not in office? Who's being held accountable? Who's not being held accountable? But now we're in a world where now more than ever in the public space, you're having conversations about these taboo topics that 10, 15, 20 years ago would have been unheard of in places that would have been absolutely unacceptable. It breaches decorum and it's divisive. Yet these tactics, these straw man tactics that I see is deeply, deeply, deeply troubling. And it, I can't even lie. It makes me angry. I don't mind having conversations. All I do is have conversations with people that I disagree with. That's fine. That, that's a healthy democracy at work. That's a healthy, uh, you know, freedom of speech that this country is afforded that other countries could only dream or hope or, or wish that they would have. Yet, it's completely frustrating when your belief system is completely miscategorized and it's just so grossly understated or overstated that it just, it's just so out of like left field. It's very, very frustrating. I'm not even going to lie. It's very irritating. Very irritating. I'll give an example. You know, having a conversation. You see this a lot. Not only with me. Not talking about me. But just, you know, watching uh, political shows or watching debates. And how many times have you heard since the, the uh, win in New York, 14th District, Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez, beating Crawley, 
And essentially, I mean, she she won the primary. She's going to win. That's a heavily Democratic um, district. She's going to win that district. And ooh, booga 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 socialism. So <laughs> it's it's this reemergence on both sides of the political aisle, where you have the Democrats, the people on the left, or, or quote unquote what you would consider, but you know, mainly you hear corporate Democrats, some real progressives, that, uh, you know, run with the narrative that Donald Trump is, is uh, Putin's puppet. And that, you know, he do, he's doing policies to benefit the Russian government. No evidence of that, but you look at, uh, you know, Rachel Maddow, and it's become a running joke. 80 to, to 85% of her, of her coverage now, it's, it's about Russia. And it seems like it's flipped where it's like, holy shit, it, the, the Democrats now sound mighty hawkish. Mighty hawkish. And that's troubling when we're the, supposed to be the party of anti-war. Or, you know, defense, self-defense. We only fight wars in self-defense. We don't fight wars over, um, you know, invading or, or, you know, antagonizing another country with nuclear uh, capability. In theory, that's supposed to be the case. And then on the other side, you see the Democrats, I mean, excuse me, the Republicans or people who consider themselves to be conservative, conservative bringing up essentially red scare cold old cold war tactics that i read about in school calling people commies <laughs> i'm just like <laughs> you know you don't know how many people online that you see oh bernie sanders is a commie communist communism it's it's so grossly to, to equate Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's policy points on uh, uh, communism, it, it just shows your gross, gross ignorance and your gross, gross stupidity on the matter. Gross. It's grossly stupid. If I'm smart enough to say the conservatives the conservative wing of the country. That's like the equivalent of me saying that every single conservative is an uber alt-right member. There, there's layers, right? There are different political labels and different political layers that fall in line. Everything is a spectrum. So when you look at economics, when you look at government, um, you know, political labels, political organization, everything is on a spectrum. So you hear the right wing, they talk about communism. When in actuality, all, all Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or Bernie Sanders or people in the same ilk as Bernie Sanders are people who advocate for a social democracy. Yet, the straw man 
from the conservatives is so absolutely undeniably I I can't even describe it. I think some of them get it, but they're they're very disingenuous. They're dishonest actors when when discussing these matters, especially, you know, these people who are on who are on TV, who are online. There's no way that they can't understand the distinction in their brain and that, you know, we're, we're just going to smear and we're going to scare and we're going to we're going to bring up North Korea and we're going to bring up China and we're going to bring up Venezuela and we're going to bring up, uh, you know, so old Soviet Russia. And it's it's genuinely not true. You want to bring up a counterpoint? Be my guest. I don't agree. Like as far as, you know, oh, well, I don't believe that people health care is, is not a right. But don't sit there and miscategorize and, and oh, yeah, Bernie's a communist and these people are communists. It's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Seriously, it really makes me mad at that point because it's not true. Political Science 101. Labels matter. So this straw man, you see some of these straw men, and it's happened to me personally, you know, when I discuss that I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter. Ah, you know, you know, you know, he's a socialist. You know, it doesn't work. You know, Venezuela. How many freaking times? Is the right wing in this country going to straw man progressive candidates and straw man them and talk about Venezuela when the complexity of why Venezuela is in the ground right now and is suffering a great, great, uh, I don't want to even say recession, but, you know, they're at a point where it's, it's very dire over there. A lot of different factors. Some U.S. influenced, overthrowing democratically elected politicians, a history of overthrowing democratically democratically elected politicians who are not as extreme, putting in dick, uh, uh, puppet regimes, putting in right wing dictatorships, and then people overthrowing those right wing dictatorships and putting into power people that are on the complete opposite end of the political spectrum. You see that all around South America. You see that in Cuba. I mean, that, that, that was Cuba. And then you top that off, totalitarianism, that, that, that's not a democracy. You know, it's a long history of totalitarian regimes under the guise of some sort of democratic principles. There's a lot of different intricate factors that contributed to the downfall of Venezuela, not just simply, well, you know, socialism. But these people are too stupid to understand that. Or dishonest. Not very well versed. That's like the equivalent of me when the Great Recession happened in 2008 and me saying, well, you know, capitalism, capitalism, you, you see, we, I mean, our, our look, look how, you know, 
our uh, economy crashed. We lost billions and billions and billions of dollars of wealth. Shit, people were jumping out of windows. You hadn't seen that since the, uh, the Great Depression. Obviously, capitalism doesn't work. It's only, you know, it's temporary. Yeah, it's, a, it's boom and bust. Yeah, we, had, we hit booms in the 80s. We hit booms in the 90s. Look where we're at now in the 2000s. That's like the equivalent of me saying that. I wouldn't, you know, that, that's unintelligent, right? I mean, there are many different factors that play a role in why, you know, a regime or a particular economic philosophy fails. Not all, you know, capitalism is the same capitalism. You have different types of capitalism. You have capitalism that's more in line with European capitalism, French capitalism, uh, Scandinavian capitalism, um, you know, UK capitalism. You have capitalism that is more in line with, uh, you know, the US. You have capitalism that's libertarian and it's laissez-faire and it's whatever you know however however it goes is whatever it goes every man for themselves there's many different layers of capitalism so for me to just make a blanket statement about capitalism is absolutely yep it's disingenuous and it's nonsense yet the right continuously do, does that these are supposedly you know these Super intellectual people. These are people that get paid millions of dollars to sit there on, on cable television and talk about Venezuela. It's absolutely ridiculous. And you see it more and more and more. I know I've, done, I've spoken about this. I've, beat, I've beaten the horse until it's dead and I've continuously beat that dead horse. I know. But it's very, very, very aggravating and it's troublesome because you have these progressives that get on these tv shows and they either get talk, spoken over or they don't explain it well they don't explain it well when bernie sanders says i'm a democratic socialist he's a social democrat his policies, everything that he lays out, we can go policy to policy to policy to policy. Everything that he lays out has nothing to do with communism. Nothing. It has nothing to do with communism. It has nothing to do with extreme socialism. It's a hybrid system. Every single policy point that he brings up is, is every other modern nation has these policy points. Every last one. Canada, the Scandinavian countries, the UK, France, uh, Germany, Spain, Switzerland, every last country. Yet here we are. And we are having this discussion about Venezuela. It, it's absolutely infuriating to me. It makes it makes uh, uh, it makes fire want to shoot out of my my ears when I hear Venezuela. Honestly, it makes me angry. 
Another thing that has frustrated me, and it kind of goes in the line of 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 the uh, the red herrings and the the all or nothing sort of thinking, is this idea that you you don't support something, or you do support something, that means you must not support that per support. You know, you must be on the opposite, complete opposite end of the of the spectrum. So, for example, I don't like Trump. Oh, you know, well, you know, Hillary is this and Hillary is never said I was a Hillary supporter or that I liked Hillary or that I agreed with Hillary. You attack Fox News. Well, MSNBC is I never said I watched MSNBC. I don't watch any of that. I think it's all partisan garbage. I think it's all uh, corporatist garbage. There's nothing, you know, truly progressive about MSNBC. The vast majority of the the higher ups at MSNBC wanted Hillary to win. There's nothing uh, progressive about Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is more to the right of of Barack Obama, and Barack Obama will admit that, yeah, I'm, you know, a neoliberal. I'm more. I'm a. I'm a centrist. Uh, you know that Bernie said he's not a, a, in the same vein of, of a Elizabeth Warren or a Bernie Sanders, or he's not in that same vein. So here we are. You know, you're, you're in favor of uh, gun control and making sure that mentally ill people or violent people don't get access to weapons. Oh, that means you want to take guns away. It happens all the time. You want to ban guns. It happens all the time. This straw man and this all or nothing thinking and this, and it, I think it, that would be considered a red herring. It's just the, that's the absolute worst. Oh, you know, well, um, I was having a conversation with somebody about immigration and they're talking about, well, you know, of course they're, they're conservative and they're talking about, oh, well, you know, um, I just think, you know, he's he's a supporter of the 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 families being separated at the border. And you know, we're going back and forth and he says, "Well, you know, this is what we need to have a conversation in Congress." And you know, the Democrats, they're in favor of open borders and the Republicans are and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa." Who who said I, I stopped him and I said, name one prominent, name one prominent politician, Democratic politician, name one prominent uh, left-leaning or left um, public speaker, political pundit that has ever proposed open borders. He didn't answer me. That's a, a common talking point on Fox News. Oh, you know, the Democrats are they're they're in favor of open borders. Where have you gotten that idea? First of all, if you're looking at it, if you want to break it down, the Democratic politicians are um vastly, you know, they're more or less they're centrist when it comes to uh illegal immigration in the country. They're they're centrist, centrist. 
They are essentially what Ronald Reagan and the Republicans were in the early 80s. Just to show you how, how far right wing the, the Republicans are at this point. The things that, that the Democrats fight for and they propose are things that the Republicans were in favor of back in 1982 when it came to illegal immigration. This is where we're at. To the point where, you know, you got people who are on board. Now, granted, this person I was talking to, he's in the vast minority. You know, that, that border, sep that family separation thing was wildly unpopular across the country. Thank God. I don't think it was, it was nearly as much. I think I saw something was 60-something or 70% disapproval or, or, you know, as far as the, um, the, the polls that I saw. It wasn't very popular at all. There's a reason why the Trump administration made sure they backpedaled because it wasn't a popular thing. And it would have it would have done it would have done very, very bad damage, image damage to the Republicans. In a, in a time where, you know, the midterm elections are coming up within the next couple months and then, you know, two years from now, we're right back where we are. The uh, presidential elections again. It would have been a very, very bad, bad look because it was wildly unpopular and it was very divisive, even amongst Republicans. So it's it's this continuous straw man and this continuous red herring. Oh, well, you know, the 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 the, the Democrats are what Democratic politician. What about, OK, political pundits? Prominent left wing, quote unquote, political pundits, prominent left wing writers. Who would that be? Cornell West or, um, you know, prominent left wing filmmakers, Michael Moore. Name one um, of these sorts of people that have advocated for, well, you know, no, we're, we're not going to check people. You know, we're not going to, you know, do background checks on people. We're not going to have security. We're not going to, we're just going to like let people cross. And if they get in, they get in. If they don't get in, they don't get in. Where? And as far as the people, people who consider themselves left-leaning, you know, you're, you're always going to have people that have different opinions and different thoughts. You know, I'm sure that there are some people that have those ideas, but that would be dis dishonest. To, to say that that's the vast majority of people who consider themselves progressive. That's like, again, that's the equivalent of me saying, well, you know, people who identify as neo-Nazis and skinheads. And that's like me sitting there and saying, well, that's that's the conservatives right now. That's every that's every last that's the the, the most dominant strain of the conservatives right now, even though the, the conservatives have moved far, far right. Right wing. I, you know, that's still the ex most extreme of the most extreme. I wouldn't go that far. That's, that's dishonest. That's politic. That's uh, politically dishonest. That's not true. But it's the same thing. It's nonsense. You know, you criticize Trump and you talk, oh, you know, that oh fake news, fake news, fake news. And I'm like, well, you know, the Trump administration if they, you know, they talk about fake news, 
one, they're coming from it from a disingenuous perspective because they're coming from it from, um, you know, it's not about holding the uh, the news uh, accountable and holding these, um, you know, these reporters accountable. I mean, Lord knows, you know, these reporters and, and these major news publications were one of the main contributing factors in getting us involved in the war in Iraq. I mean, that goes without saying, perpetrating that, uh, um, uh, that you know, weapons of mass destruction narrative and basically acting as a uh, cheerleader instead of challenging the Bush administration, acting like a cheerleader under the guise of patriotism. I'm no defender of, of the, the, um, the news, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News. I'm no defender of the New York Times, the Washington Post. It's been a lot of like bad reporting and not holding politicians accountable for things. And, and you know, that's what the, the news cycle used to be. Not anymore. It's just another arm of the, of the government. And, and spreading propaganda. So you got me there. But Trump's not talking about that. When he talks about fake news, he's talking about news that is critical of him. <laughs> that's all he's talking about. So when I explain this to people and I'm like, that's bullshit when I say, when he talks about fake news, then all of a sudden I'm a supporter of the New York Times I'm a supporter or a defender of the Washington Post. I'm a defender of, um, you know, CNN, MSNBC. I'm a defender of all of these, these online news publications because it's, you know, because I, I'm disputing where Donald Trump, when he says fake news, I'm disputing his angle of it. Because, you know, he's, he's, all he's talking about is, is criticism and this imaginary, well, you know, oh, uh, conservative bias. It's, I find it funny. I find it really, really funny that a group of people that ridicule the Democrats and the people on the left, or the, oh, the victim card, every oh, the race card, the sex card, the the whatever homophobe card, and and they're they're very quick to sit there and to say, oh, you know, the the victim of victimology of those on the left. Yet, when the Republicans do it, and the right wingers do it, and the conservatives do it, and they do it, you know, oh, the media is against us. I'm having a discussion with this person and this person saying, well, oh, <laughs> he's laughing and he's like, well, you know, Trump is the first guy. To, and I'm like, this is nothing new. This is the same old same. Same old same. Same old same. In right wing circles. For, for as long as the, as the right wing has been around, it's always been a conspiracy. Oh, you know, these coastal cities with their, you know, with their news organizations and, and the Jews. And there, there's a dark, dark, dark history when it comes to the right wing and their, their quote unquote distrust for mainstream, I put it in air quotes, media. There's a dark history. 
And it starts with the fact that, you know, you have a segment of that that came from anti-Semitism. Oh, the, the, the Jews are controlling the, the, the press. The Jews are controlling the movies. The Jews are controlling the, the, um, the TV shows and the entertainment and the, the news organizations and the news outlets. And so I'm not saying that every right winger feels that way or believes that or it, it, there is a dark history that you can't deny. So Trump going on, you know, going on about, oh, fake news, fake news. That's. Uh, nothing new that that's been in right wing circles, the bright, bright circle, you know, people that are a little bit more to the right of like the, the Mitt Romney style Republicans and that were always like talking about, oh, fake news and old, oh, you know, the Jews controlling the news cycle and it's nothing new. It's nothing new. So it's important to it's important to make that distinction. But back to what I was saying, it's deeply troubling. And I'm like, holy snap, like this this happened to me. And it's happened to me before. It's happened to me on Facebook. It's happened to me on on, you know, on um, online, you know, having debates. I've seen it happen to other people. I, I don't know. I think it happens a little bit more. I think the, the conservatives do that a little bit more than the progressives. I think they, that they have it down packed to a T using these tactics. We're going to gaslight you. Or we're going to, you know, red herring or we're going to, it's just a straw man you and, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it, it's counterproductive. It's very counterproductive. Because you sound like a moron. It's not me, you know, sitting there saying like, oh, you know, because it's not my opinion. But if you're not going to, you know, I, I do my damn, I try my best not to straw man people. I'm willing to hear you out. You know, oh, I'm in favor of uh, families being separated at the border. They should be able to be separated at the border. Okay, I'm not going to automatically assume you're a bigot because of that. I'm not going to automatically say you're a bigot. I know some people, you know, on the left or some, they, they love, they, they, you know, well, that's the first thing they go to. But no, I'm, I'm a little bit more refined and a little bit more well-versed on it. I'm going to explore it a little bit and then I'm going to pick it apart. I'm going to dismantle the argument. I'm not going to sit there and, and just fall lazily on, on, you know, oh, this person's a bigot, this person. So I expect the same to be given to me, the same respect given to progressives. I don't. I don't want, you know, this this moment in time where I like I said earlier in, in the episode where I'm satisfied and happy that we're actually starting to have these difficult conversations, these conversations that were taboo 
20 years ago. And we're actually having these conversations and these tough, the tough dialogue um, amongst other groups of people, different political philosophies. I'm happy for that. I think it's important. I think it's informative. But I don't want it to be muddled by this, this nonsense. This absolute not it's absolute nonsense. And it's stupid. I don't, I don't, not conservatism, but these tactics are, are ridiculous. This, well, you don't believe this, so that means you're the, you're in favor of that. You don't know how many times you see you hear that on Fox News. I'm just like, where do they, these, where where do these people get their information from? Is that how you engage in conversation? You want to win an argument. You want to win a conversation. How about you steal man your opponent? You steal man him. You, you propose the strongest argument, the strongest possible argument that the other person is saying. And then you poke holes in it or you, you, know, you find flaws in it instead of, well, you know, the Democrats, you're in favor of open borders or, or you know, well, I'm not in favor of open borders. Who, who's in favor? Who said anything about open borders? Who said anything about communism? Who said anything about Venezuela, the Soviet Union? All essentially totalitarian regimes. None of them, you know, strictly, uh, you know, hardline democracies. None of them first world countries ever. <laughs> Venezuela, I don't care how well they were doing. Well, they were doing well before. They were doing better. None of these countries are first world or industrialized countries to begin with. You know, extreme government corruption in Venezuela. We have go government corruption here in the United States, but, you know, it, it's compared to a lot of these, some of these other third world countries, they, you know, government corruption is just a Tuesday. You know, they, they don't even try to hide the shit. They'll, they'll, you know, oh, you know, earthquake happens and, and, you know, federal aid comes in from the, from the Red Cross and aid comes from all around the world. And the government will just be like, we're just going to take it <laughs> high ranking officials. And, you know, we're, we're going to take it for ourselves and we're going to take millions of dollars. And people who actually need the aid go fuck themselves. They do that in, in, in other countries routinely. Mass corruption. You know. Mass corruption. That doesn't, that doesn't help things. But this, this idea that, well, you don't believe this, but, you know, oh, well, you obviously believe this because you don't believe this. It's just like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. There's like no middle ground. I remember speaking and, you know, one of my most popular episodes, the episode before last, talking about, you know, this, this idea, this, bull, this crazy idea that like, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders are some extreme leftists. It, I find it absolutely ridiculous that the political spectrum has moved so far to the right that 
things that are considered middle ground, reasonable conversations. Let's have these reasonable conversations. You got people on the right, let alone corporate Democrats that are only a little bit to the left of those guys on the right who are clutching their pearls. And oh, my God. Oh, oh, Lenin. Oh. Oh, my God. Chavez. Oh. Oh, my goodness. It's just like, really? Castro. For the 80 million time. For the 80 million time. Every developed country, including the United States, has some form of socialism. Let me repeat that. Every modern nation or developed nation in the world has a mix of socialism and capitalism. Period. End of story. There's no negotiating. The New Deal, wildly popular. We had, uh, you know, a lot of the roads that we use to this day. Buildings, bridges, tunnels through the New Deal. Is socialism. The Homestead Act in the 1870s. Land that people still are living on. Acres of land just for, the, for have being, being born into the right family. Being white at the right time when you know you were any other color you couldn't you it wasn't for you blacks couldn't couldn't get in on the homestead act but you know the government's like hey we'll we'll go we'll come in we'll clear we'll clear all this out we'll we'll exterminate the native americans we'll kill them or we'll we'll move them out physically we want to expand our country we want we want to encourage people to move out further west and if you move out further west, you don't have to pay for any of this land. We'll, we'll give you like, you know, four acres, five acres. We'll give you a nice set of land. You can work the land. And it's, it's, on, the it's on us. It's on the government. We want to encourage people to move. That's not socialism? No, that's, that's good business. Yeah, right. Socialism. Police officers. Socialism, our military, socialism, VA benefits when these people get their legs blown off and fighting wars uh, overseas. Seven, you know, six, seven, eight um, uh, countries we're involved in right now militarily. VA benefits, socialism, FHA loan program, and it, it enabled lower middle class, lower class, and, and, you know, there was no middle class back then. It enabled lower class people to become middle class. Back then, banks, private banks, privately owned corporations weren't going to give money to, to poor people with no collateral. Government's like, hey, we'll, we'll provide the collateral. You know, give, give, little, give Johnny and, and Susie the loan, you know, so they can move out of the city, buy their own property, to this day, real estate's one of the best ways to increase income. 
FHA loans are still used to this day. It's wildly popular. It helps young people and lower socioeconomic people get houses without having to put either buy the house outright or put 20 or 30% down payment, which most people don't have lying around. So uh, the list goes on and on. Our fire department, socialism, public parks. You like going to the park to walk and not paying a fee every time you go into the park. Or, you know, you want to go into run and not having to uh, pay a fee. Socialism. List goes on and on. Medicare, socialism. Social Security, Socialism, Medicaid, Socialism, Bridges, Socialism, Tunnels, Socialism, Buildings, Socialism, Roads, Socialism, Subsidies, Farm Subsidies that are given by the government to rural Susie and rural Jim Bob somewhere in the middle of the country in a, in a flyover state. That subsidy, what, what is that? That's socialism. They don't do that in Jamaica. They don't do that in other countries. You're on your own. They don't, you know, all those other countries where, you know, they're not as developed and, and they don't really have these sort of programs. They don't, they don't give you shit like that. They're not giving you subsidies, farmer subsidies, you know. Oh, you know, you want to live in a rural area? Well, you know, you can get take out a USDA loan, government backed. These are all benefits that are by the government or are influenced by the government. You know, the, the federal aid that you get for being a minority and it helps, you know, you get money from the government or, you know, small businesses, grants, socialism, all socialism, all socialism, unemployment, socialism. SNAP benefits, socialism, all the, the welfare benefits, socialism. It would be dreadful for the vast majority of Americans if we went back, because there was a period of time in, in American history, we didn't have all of what we have now. We didn't have it. Back then, granny got sick. Granny, granny had, you know, she, she gets sick or granny gets too old to work. You better have a family member that's going to give you money and take care of granny. Granny didn't, couldn't get social security. Granny, there was no retirement. You didn't get retirement. You, you know, back then, you know, all those people, oh, regulations, regulations. Back then, children were working in factories. There were no eight-hour or eight-hour days, and you get overtime after. 
companies or, or you know at that point you know robber barons and you know they could sit up there and tell you you got to work it was like china you got to work 17 18 hour days 19 hour days for little to no pay because there was no no um minimum wage everything that we take for granted and we bitch and complain about you know back then well, you didn't have a uniform fire department. You know, you see it now in other countries where they don't really have a fire department like, like that. I'm not saying that they don't have some fire departments, but it's not nearly as organized. You don't nearly have as many as much. So you're literally on your own. Your house is burning in another country or your house is burning back in the, in the day. And your house will just have to burn. If you can't put the fire out, you're, you, the whole neighborhood will burn. The neighborhood has to go out and, and, you know, fight the fire. You better make sure everybody in there can walk. Everybody, because no one's going in there to save them. I mean, it, the list goes on and on and on and on. On and on. Things we take for granted. Back in the day. Before, you know, these socialist programs were put into place. Yet, fast forward, you know, 60, 70 years later. You know, Roosevelt, the most popular, I would argue, the most popular president we've ever had. Or definitely one of the most. As far as policy-wise, they wanted to vote him in four times. They wanted to, you know, they wanted to continue to vote him in. He was that popular. Wildly popular. Wildly popular policies. Yet, we hear these, these right-wing Republican talking points. It's, it's despicable. But I'll leave this in closing. I'll leave this in closing. I urge the audience, have conversations. Engage with people. Talk with people. But please, I implore people. Don't straw man people. Don't, don't, you know, put, put up a, a false, um, you know, that's not my policy point. Putting up someone's policy point or what you perceive to be their policy point and lazily trying to knock that down. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't gaslight people. Don't just be an honest actor. We can have a conversation. Just be an honest actor when having a conversation. And discussing things. You know. And I think it's, it's all, all the best. It's all the best for us as a civilization and for the American people going forward.